Welcome Wargamers, join your hosts, Falco and Monty, two Canadian wargaming enthusiasts, as we explore all aspects of tabletop wargaming. We roll dice, talk tactics, share hobby hacks, and explore new tabletop systems, all on the Trident Wargaming Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Trident Wargaming. Uh, today's episode is another bolt action one. And making his return with his Bonkos Bastards is my co-host Bill. How's it going? Hey, it's pretty good, pretty good. How's it going, everyone? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's been a while yeah. since we've both been on for bolt action, so... <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> And War, War Daddy is back. Yeah, War Daddy. He's ready. <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah, we've um, been pretty busy lately with um, just other events and, and other games and stuff too, And but still trying to, you know, do the bolt action thing, right? Uh, I guess the last time you played would have been the Stalingrad campaign that yep. uh, I had running at the local community. Um, and that was a blast. A lot of good games. Yeah, it was actually. There were uh, there were a few moments where you know um, you had to act like the anchor, sort of speak, in a few of the games, which is always cool. <laughs> um, I know there was a week there I was the lone uh, resistance, and that uh, was kind of a nice feeling, you know, just uh, mm -hmm. foiling the plans. No, so. for sure, I, I I didn't do too well myself, but uh, I think it was between you and Jason just holding the fort. Yeah, you know, I think you played like the same mission like three times, so you kind of had a, you had a yeah. thing, you had a thing going. You're down pat. You're like, I know this map, you know, I yeah, I know this mission. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It was uh, yeah, I got to be my choice usually for what mission, and I just kept yeah hammering the same one, um, just because I liked the way the mechanics worked out, and uh, I had some tactics, obviously. Uh, as we continued to play in them, so it uh, it created a, a couple little um, instances where I was able to actually get the jump on my opponent, just because I knew exactly how I was going to play the game at the time. So nice, nice, uh, which is nice because we'll actually be talking about some of that stuff in this episode. Um, um, so yeah, the main, I guess, one of the, the main topics really is um, how you're actually you know, using your, your armor, your tanks, uh, in your battles, right? What's your, what's your tactics? What's your goal? What's their target? You know, um, how they're equipped, you know, what do you look for, um, in, in your tanks when you, you go to select them out of your, your army selectors, right? Um, so, and, and each player and, and especially in the community, you see it, they, uh, they do play a little different. Um, I've seen, uh, I've seen a couple guys pull out their tanks and, and um, really do quite well with them and others not so much. Um, but there is a, a big selection of, of armor out there in the books and depending on what armies you're playing. So, um, so yeah, we can, uh, I guess we can kick that off just after we do a little bit of hobby talk. Um, not so much really on my end. Um, just kind of 3D printing some uh, terrain for bolt action, some houses for Normandy, 
Um, I kind of jumped off the uh, the beachfront because I've gotten a whole bunch of stuff printed, and then now I'm starting to do some inland kind of um, terrain, which uh, I know me and Bill talked about before for kind of for trying to get prepped for next year as well. Um, just trying to make some tables for, you know, possible events coming up, right? And it's always nice to have our own terrain for, for those kind of things. Absolutely. So, and, um, and yourself, Bill, I know you, uh, you had, you had did a little bit of terrain yourself as well. Yeah, I did. Um, I ended up printing some kind of just blown up, uh, farmhouse style, broken brick buildings, uh, to try and have a themed board. I was kind of going for a, uh, um, Italy themed kind of table countryside. Uh, I thought it'd be fitting kind of for my Americans to have a spot that actually came about right when the, I think it was soft underbelly campaign mm-hmm. book started to, uh, come out. Yep. So I'd like to try and get the table finished off for that again, for, you know, upcoming events and whatnot. It's, it's always nice to have different themed tables, especially if you can supply your own, it just, uh, just kicks up a notch that really starts to kind of sell the immersion uh, point of the games, which is always nice. Yeah, I think um, it, it's it's kind of it's interesting in the Bolt Dash community community because I think the players like really really appreciate that compared to a lot of other gaming systems, right? Being a histor- historical gaming group, they you know um, they kind of get into the theme of it. Right. So it's pretty neat. And there's tons of stuff out there for it. Tons of files, tons of, you know, MDF terrain, homebrew, homemade stuff. So, yeah. So that's pretty cool. So that's kind of what was on our docket, I guess, for uh, hobby time for that. Uh, but getting to the really, the you know, the think tank of the episode is, yeah, the tanks, how you manage them, what you do with them. Yeah. So I know, um, I know in some of your games just recently, um, you really had your opponents perplexed. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, a little bit. With, with how you play your army and how you use, you know, your tanks and, and whatnot, right? So um, if you want, but yeah, give her, give her a go and, and kind of your, your tactic, I guess, behind your whole idea okay. with your tank, right? Or the tanks that you've actually have selected for your army that you have options for, you know? Yeah. Um, so obviously being a newer player, uh, I'm playing United States as my uh, faction. And I ended up picking up a uh, M4, A1 um, Sherman and uh, actually picked up two of them. But uh, one was just my straight up 75 uh, mill cannon. Then I picked up another kit, kit with the 76 mil, um, just to have a little bit of extra punch. Uh, I know it came in handy, especially when we were doing the, uh, the big tank war, uh, event that you had at the store. Yep. Yep. Which was kind of cool. Um, I also have a, uh, M10 tank destroyer, which I, I was just trying to kind of have a broad, uh, spectrum. And to be honest, when I first started looking at these tanks, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll get a Sherman. I-, I personally thought that the Sherman was, quite frankly, just pretty shitty. Um, <laughs> his, his, like, historically-wise, the tank wasn't great. 
Uh, it was very undergunned, underpowered, and got made into Swiss cheese by a lot of the German tanks that were out there. And very, meh, you know, not very impressive at all. In the game, however, the Sherman isn't actually as bad as I had initially thought. And um, when I'm playing with these different tanks on the tabletop, and it's usually my M4A1, the 75mm, people seem to actually be a little bit more, I don't want to say afraid, but they're concerned when they see it on the tabletop. And my whole, I guess, tactic with the tank is to play... Um, a bit aggressively with it. I, I think I've only ever fired the main cannon. I want to say twice. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't really use the main cannon. That's not what it's for, for me. Um, I do usually equip it with a, uh, a bunch of machine guns, right? It's got the hull mount, the coaxial, and then I usually do give it a pintle mounted. Um, if the opponent has a mortar, I'm a little less hesitant. I'm a more hesitant to kind of open up the pintle mount because I've been shown the error of my ways with a flamethrower <laughs> team. So, you know, I'll try and take out the things that will hurt my tank first. But after that, like I, I roll up and just machine guns blaze. I, I very much use it to put pressure in certain spots. Um, my tactics with my army has become very mobile shooting force. I've gotten rid of all my SMGs. Everything's pretty much rocking bars or rifles because of the added range. So my whole squad can pretty much fire at 24 inch, which is really nice. Uh, and being able to be, you know, Americans moving and firing without penalty is even better. Um, so I try and, you know, I really, I really do try and just load up a flank or rush that tank right up the middle and really try and put it in my opponent's court of, I want to force you to make decisions. And regardless of the decision you make, it's going to be a hard one. Because you can concentrate on the tank, but there's still a lot of infantry bearing down on you. There's still going to be, you know, support from a mortar team that I've recently adopted. I've also got sprinkling of only two MMG uh, teams, you know, not three, only two, because uh, I, you know, don't want to, don't want to be too crazy. Um, and then, you know, running uh, a sniper, which is always nice. And then a new fan favorite of mine is a bazooka team. Uh, although they're seldom, seldom effective uh, when it does hit and actually works, it works well. So, no doubt. Um, but it, it's really using the tank as like a line of sight blocking unit, um, trying to just, yeah, really put pressure on squads. Uh, sometimes maybe going a little too ballsy with it because I, I do throw it in right up front and like very much in their face where they have to deal with it. Um, but it, it is a lot of fun. Uh, the tank seems to perform quite well, especially with his machine guns. Um, the The main cannon is good. It, you know, it will do some work on the tabletop, but nothing does work like those MMGs. No, no. It See, and that's the, that's the thing is I've been noticing, and, and I've had it happen to, you know, against me as well. Um multiple machine guns on on the armor on the tanks right like they're kind of key you know um earlier today i was i was kind of going through and looking at some tanks and wrote down some notable tanks that they can punch out a lot of shots 
So like on average, like some of the tanks really only have like maybe a hull mounted, uh, you know, MMG and, and a coaxial. So you're either firing your cannon or you're firing your coaxial, right? You know, and that, and that's going to be a lot of tanks probably from, you know, uh, just your, your middle kind of the war, um, era, right? And then you start going to like late war and now you're starting to get into some bigger guns. Your yeah. tank, your tanks cost a lot more. Some of them do have a fair bit of machine guns, but not like a lot of the early war tanks, right? Like there's, there's a lot out there. Like I have, um, I was looking at an Italian tank and it's a, uh, it's an M15 slash 42 feet medium tank. The thing has a light anti-tank gun. It has two coaxial MMGs, two halted MMGs, and then you can pay another 15 points for a pintle mounted MMG. So that's like 25 shots, right? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's a light tank, so it's eight plus, And, um, so 145 points base for regular plus the 15, right? So what? 160 points. It's not bad. No, it's pretty good. Right. Pretty good. You know, is it going to take on another tank? Probably not. Right. No. Um, but then, you know, you, you do have, there's a few other tanks. There's a, there's a couple Soviets and there's a couple, there's a, the Stuart for the Americans has a whole bunch of shots too. Um, like multiple tanks like that, that are pretty cheap around the 150 mark, 155 kind of mark. And I don't know, I, I think these tanks are way more effective and more efficient than having, you know, going and paying like 350 points, 400, 500 points in the case of a, you know, a, a tiger, which can have like, tw I think it's like 24 shots or something like that on it. But it costs you like 666 points or something like that, right? Yeah. And and that kind of goes to the next, you know, kind of question. Like, is it worth it? Are those large tanks for that many points with... No, not all of them have multiple machine guns like that. You know, are they are they worth soaking up all those points? So like in your case, like your Sherman, right? Now, if you were to replace your Sherman with a, a larger tank, yeah, you know, that's maybe double the price of that Sherman, you know. I've it, got one in mind. <laughs> yeah. Is it worth it? Like, uh, well, I don't, I don't really know. Like, so for comparables for me and now I, I'm strictly basing my choices off of what i have available model wise um if you guys have heard about me before in some of the earlier episodes i'm i don't like pewter mm -hmm. i came from a 90s g-dub kid i had pewter the whole time i'm very much a plastic snob these days <laughs> and actually a lot of the vehicles that i own um minus my armored car they're all uh, the tamia kit they're the 148 scale Right. And I just, I really like that kit. They're cheap. They're nice. Um, it's a legit like model kit uh, that has some really cool features in it. Um, but I've, I've based a lot of the tank choices that I own off of what I can get model wise. 
Um, if I was going to replace my Sherman with something beefy, I'd probably be rocking that M26 Pershing. Um, but like, I usually run my tanks all as vets, and just you know, just the comparison on what I'm paying for points. I'm going from uh, a Sherman at 244, just base stock, no upgrades, and the Pershing doubled as 484. Um, but I can tell you right now, just by looking at this thing, that it, it doesn't have, it's, you know, still got the two, two MMGs on it. It's got a, you know, difference in tank. It's a 10 plus heavy tank, which is nice. It's got the super heavy anti-tank gun, but I can get the same bang for my buck out of that Sherman right. because I, I'm primarily using it for the MMGs. So it's, would I, would I go all in on a bigger tank like that. I think it, it could be fun. There's an allure to having, you know, the, you know, swinging dick on table. You're like, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, try and take me on one shotting someone else's tank is always kind of cool. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I, I, I like having a lot of infantry on the board as well. Um, so, hmm. you know, I'm, I'm impartial to taking a cheaper tank, especially if I can get more machine guns out of it. That little Italian, bugger you were talking about sounds quite terrifying to deal with yeah yeah um because knowing how those italian tanks work you'll probably end up seeing like one or two of them on the table and uh that's kind of gnarly as well like i i'd run one of those on each flank and just throw a surge of bodies up the middle and be like all right deal with that right like it's it's nasty well you're gonna be with that many shots you're gonna be hitting stuff you're gonna be you know yeah pinning you're gonna keep you're pretty much going to keep a unit suppressed all game by doing and that, that's right? i think that's one of the biggest things i've learned with bolt action is when i'm playing especially when you know you start getting into these the um, the orders and everything starting to alternate the goal for me is i want to take the scariest unit that my tank can't deal with because it's an infantry squad and it's not just you know it's behind hard cover, it's down, it's doing all this. My goal is to essentially pin them out right. as much as they can or make them waste their order so they can rally, which if they're spending turns rallying just to get rid of pins, that's you're doing your job because they're not returning fire at you, they're not moving towards objectives. There's a lot of things that you're uh, forcing the opponent to not do, which is nice. Um so yeah, I'm very I'm very partial to whatever I can get for best bang for your buck and loading up on MMGs. Personally, I really like that. Uh, I like that, especially when you know the Sherman has a nine plus uh, armor value. It it is surprisingly resilient, um, yeah. which was really nice to see on the on the table. The one the one nice thing too about that is, um, you know, you, you hear me talking about maybe some of these earlier war tanks or these lighter tanks that their main cannon isn't, you know, quite that effect. Maybe it's a light anti-tank cannon. Um, so, you know, against light vehicles and lighter tanks, it'll be okay. But once you start, like once you step up to, you know, a medium uh, tank kind of thing, or you get to a heavy tank where it actually has a pretty decent main cannon. Beautiful thing, beautiful thing about the tanks is, it's not all going against one unit, yeah. right? So, you know, if you have multiple um, hull-mounted 
uh, or a pintle mounted, you know, MMGs, it's nice because you could be like, you know what, I need that infantry squad to get pinned out or force them to go down kind of thing, right? But I do have a threat that I want to take out and like, okay, it's another tank, for example, right? So it's nice that you can split your shots like that and, and, and whatnot. Um, so I can see the benefit of going with a little bit of a heavier tank because of that, like even a medium anti-tank gun, you know, I mean, if you get a heavy anti-tank gun, cool, but <laughs> you know, you're probably going to see mainly mediums out there. Um, in a sense, I think maybe that might be a really good place for your options, right? Cause like. Yeah, you, you can have, you have the option of, of just firing all your machine guns, um, but then you have the option of your cannon. And not only that, when you're building your army and you have options, you know, to do it, but you don't necessarily have to take like an anti-tank gun team. No. Right? Because your, your tank is kind of going to fulfill that role if your opponent has that threat on the board. Right. Or even in their army, who knows, you might be facing a, you know, you might be, uh, facing, a, uh, an army that's just all in armored transports, but they don't have any tanks. Right. So your cannon is going to do some work against those transports. Right. And even your MMGs. Um, so, you know, that there's stuff like that. You got to kind of think about, um, yeah, but there there are some tanks out there that they look juicy, but they got some rules that are not so good, right? So, you know, comparing tanks and looking at stuff, like there's, um, I think it's an IS-2. It's a big tank. It's comparable to a Tiger tank, right? Has a big cannon on it. The only problem is it's slow. So it can't be your first, you can't activate it first. So that puts you in a real pickle, right? That puts you in a position of where you may need to be in cover to make sure you don't get shot, but now you're forced to move to get that shot. Now you're getting penalties, you know? Okay, so what are you going to do with it? What's its main purpose, right? Is there something better kind of thing, right? Um, myself, I'm kind of, I don't know. I kind of, I don't use it like Bill does. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit more I cautious with my tank. I'll kind of hide it in cover or on a corner and kind of try to maneuver a bit more, like um, just not to get shot by his tank, the opponent's tank, but being able to put some firepower down on um, the opponent. And then if there is a chance where, okay, you know what? He activated his tank. Okay, now it's my turn. Get in there, take a shot, see if I can do things. Most of the time I miss, but it's it's the way the, the bolt action dice roll. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I, I did find that, to echo that point, I always did find it was interesting where um, tanks seem to be the last to deploy or mm -hmm. um, tanks always seem to be, you know... Um, the last you always want to react to what your opponent's doing with your tank. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the games I've played, I'm just like, sure, man, here you go right in your face. 
and I know there's people, you know, uh, like like I played. Um, Devin was probably my most recent opponent where I'm playing, and you know, she's kind of looking at me like, "Well, like what the hell, right?" Like I just drove that tank straight up in the middle of the board, and in view of all these heavy weapon guns, and I'm just like, "Whatever, like if you're gonna pop it, you're gonna pop it," and it, it, it has backfired to me. I have had that popped first turn. Yeah. Uh, like first shot. And I'm like, oh, that did not work well. But, uh, you know, lessons learned. But for the most part, I'll be honest, kind of going balls out and just throwing it in someone's face just to deal with has been effective. Um, there are times where I think, I think honestly, it's paid off more than it's hindered me before mm-hmm. being, being aggressive with it. Because uh, I think it kind of throws people a bo- like a little bit aback. Um, it also helps. I do have other sources of firepower that I'm trying to support the tank with. Yeah. Um, so be it uh, my 53 millimeter anti-tank gun, or I'm rocking out my mortar to try and help out with that. Bazooka team moving up the board. Engineer team with a flamethrower moving up the board. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that I'm trying to move up, right? So the the tank is essentially the distraction. Um, and if it does get attention and doesn't get blown up first thing, then it's even better. Uh, but there are times, yeah, the, the dice gods can be cruel and they can definitely punish you for, uh, trying to think outside the box a little bit. That's true. And, uh, you actually reminded me of something too. There is the other option for some tanks and it's the, probably one of the most, the deadliest, pieces of firepower in the game, I would say. Having a flamethrower equipped on your tank. Yeah. Now, we all know what flamethrowers can do to infantry and actual armor as well, which is actually pretty scary. But there are some tanks that are built that have flamethrowers on them as well, or you can switch out the MMG. So, like, your tactic of rushing up there and in the guy's face and having a flamethrower in your hull and firing that thing could be pretty freaking scary because it's not just the flamethrower going, but you probably have other machine guns yeah, going at something else, right? Um, so there is that option too, right? Especially if uh, you are playing like that where you are getting into that tight nitty-gritty zone and or you have infantry really kind of cramping your style and getting on you right that flamethrower that hits it's probably game over for a lot of units right um so i, I that's an i haven't seen it often but you know what uh the tank war battle we had um dusty was on the other side and yeah he took out my kv <laughs> with the flamethrower it was awesome and it's I pretty was, legit to see and it was just like oh man right um, so it was pretty cool. Like, like you said, pretty cool to see. Um, uh, but damn, was it effective, right? So there's that option as well. And, um, there's, there's so many tanks in the world of bolt action. You know, you just kind of got to go through them and look, but then you also have cheaper options. If you're looking for that mast machine gun kind of vehicle, right? If you don't want to spend that many points on a tank, there are things like little AA guns, you know, um, they might have multiple auto cannons, uh, 
or if you're looking at like a Soviet one, it's a Torkev uh, for machine gun, like it's a quad maximum AAA truck. It's literally 60 points. It has four turret MMGs, right? So if you want to upgrade it, you can upgrade it to like four HMGs or it's an M M17 is another tank that you can have with four M HMGs. So it's a lot of shots. Um, it's really cheap. You can have one of those things ripping around, just firing, firing at stuff. Right. Um, so, you know, lots of options out there. Now, the bigger question is as well is cause I know you have the Sherman, two Shermans and yeah. you also have your tank destroyer. Yeah. Um, your tank destroyer has a turret as well. It does. Yeah. But, but it's open topped, right? That one is. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm going to say there's not a lot of tanks or tank destroyers that are out there that have a turret, uh, for a lot of the different armies. Most of them are that like center lined fixed, uh, yeah. front cannon, right? Now, don't get me wrong. If you're looking for, you know, a tank to, to really pop another tank, those are probably your choice because they usually have like a heavy or a super heavy kind of cannon on it. Yeah. Um, but you don't see them too often on the tabletop. You might see, like, I see Stugs. I play with a Stug. Yeah. Right? Or Stug. Um, but other than that, like, I haven't seen too, too many. And it could be because of the flexibility of having a turret. Right? Uh, the, I, I do think the turret will always kind of outshine, obviously, your fixed um, cannon. Uh, unique thing, like, just basing off, like, I'm going off my American um, book. Like, the M10, M18, and the M36 Jackson, all turrets, all open top, though. Yeah. So that's kind of the trade-off, right? If you're going for a turret, you're going to be open top, but the flexibility that a turret gives you can far outweigh that fixed spot, right? Like you are able to drive past that uh, tank and still use your turret to blow it up from the side or rear. Not that I don't, I don't think you'll ever get that close. If you have, something's gone wrong on the other side, right? What is um, this? <laughs> World of Tanks? <laughs> well, that's kind of where I'm basing a lot of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and in that game, yeah, turrets were be-all, end-all, man. Like, turret was pretty legit. Um, but yeah, it, it is interesting to see that, yeah, they all have open top, which is nice. Uh, it's definitely the, the great equalizer, we'll say, just yeah. because, yeah, open top tanks can definitely be um, dealt with quite easily if you have the tools for it, which I would assume everybody in their lists are probably bringing some form of anti-tank, or at least I would hope they are, uh, be it a mortar, fire, you got a flamethrower, anti-tank gun, although anti-tank gun, no, no bueno. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've definitely chosen to not bring it often. I have replaced it with the mortar, Almost my last, I want to say my last four or five games has all been the mortar team. Yes. And it's done more for me, you know, 
continuously throughout each game than that dirty old anti-tank gun has ever done. Yeah. Well, so. it's, yeah, being anti-tank gun, you're paying a little bit more points. Uh, it's fixed. And usually it's probably getting targeted by a mortar or by an HE shell from something, right? Which brings, you know, is another uh, good point to when we start talking about HE for tanks. Um, myself, most tanks that I actually bring to the field, um, if I can get a howitzer on it, especially like a, a you know, a medium heavy howitzer, but usually heavies are late war. Um, it's a big splash damage kind of weapon, but it also has a, you know, a decent, um, bonus to the armor penetration, right? So against light tanks and against smaller vehicles and maybe even medium tanks, it might be okay. Um, but against the infantry, if you're able to, to land that template, you know, to, to actually hit and place that template, like you can wipe out veterans easy, right? And I've said it time and time again in the past episodes, but you know, there's that option too. Like, um, I don't know. I, I kind of look at it as I'm going to take the risk of not having too much anti-tank in my army, you know, uh, resources. Uh, some armies are equipped better than others. Um, my, my French really struggle against tanks. Um, most of their weapons are like light anti-tank with a low velocity. So I actually lose, um, a plus, you know, in, it, instead of a plus five, it's a plus four because it's low velocity, right? Just early war equipment, just crappy. Um, but then you start going to some like the bigger tanks, like a char, and it still has a light anti-tank gun on it, but it also has a howitzer on the hull, plus machine guns. So, you know, pretty cool. It's slow. It has thick armor, um, and it can do some damage, but it's definitely not an anti-tank kind of, uh, weapon, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know, howitzers, I, I've, I've always had fun with them on tanks. Um, Stugs, I've used them all the time. Puts it into the theme of the game as well for what I'm trying to accomplish with my tanks. Um, so it's a little bit different than a lot of players because they'll go straight for the anti-tank. And the nice thing too about anti-tank, um, they do have the option for the smaller splash damage, right? The, um, the HE shell, at least they have that option too. Now, you know, having units entrenched in buildings and having a tank with some large weapons, this is where I kind of prefer howitzers, um, especially the bigger howitzers, because if I get enough hits targeting a building because it's easier to target target the building than it is you know an actual squad in the inside kind of thing um there's not so many modifiers now if i score like those 10 hits that building collapses and that unit's dead yeah so like i've, I've done it you know i've wiped out a, a veteran german squad i think they're ss or something just collapsed the building on them they're just gone Right. And you're just like, oh, damn. 
that's got to yeah. hurt, right? I think he actually did that to my sniper team just to show me, hey, this is what yeah. can actually happen in a game. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah, that <laughs> I was, like that uh, at all. <laughs> I think that was like your second game. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. showing you some different stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, oh, big bully. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like there's so many options and and different ways to play. Like I do know one of the gentlemen in our community. Um, he he definitely builds some tough lists. He um, really kind of picks apart his his army a bit, and um, he's ran like two reinforced platoons in order to actually bring two tanks. And um, let me tell you, when you see a, when you see a tiger tank and a panther in the same force, it's a little scary. A lot of machine yeah. guns. Like they're the, they're the backbone of that army that he, he played. Um, and, in, you know, it's, it's, you're going to get that kind of play and thought into armies as well, just from playing multiple war games out there. But, uh, it's great to actually go against that. I know a lot of people might not like it. They might think it gamey. They might think of this or that, but I actually really enjoy going against that because it's a bit of a challenge. It's a challenge for my army and it gives me that idea of like, okay, how am I going to maneuver my tank? Where am I going to go? Which, you know, what target should I try to take out first? Right. With my weapons. Um, how am I going to use my, my armor effectively? to help me score these objectives, to help me protect yeah. these objectives, right? Because, like, you can look on the other side of the board and you can see those two tanks, and then you can see his units that can actually capture objectives. And you're like, oh, I can take these guys out no problem. Yeah. Forget the tanks. They can't, you know, they can't pick anything up or whatever, right? Um, but you can utilize your armor, stay out of sight, maybe get an angle on an infantry unit that you can pepper, you know, um, use your infantry to support your tank for any close encounters or, you know, maybe a flamethrower team's coming up on you and you know this, right? I think, I think you did that to me, Bill, actually with a flamethrower team against my stug or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah I did. You came around the building, just took it out, right? And it was like, oh, damn, that was a good tactic. Yeah. Right. That's so, um. Sorry to nope, chime in there. That, that that's one thing to consider as well. I I have played that two tank force. Um, I was able to kill one of them. Um, but it also leads to kind of making sure, like you know, your your battlefield is adequate terrain wise as well. Because you know, I'm not saying jam pack it all, but there should be a decent amount where you can kind of hide a little bit. And uh, I know myself using the terrain and creating as many obstacles between me and that tank as possible to actually stay out of line of sight was very, very helpful in my game. It lasts, it was, I was able to last a lot longer um, against it and there's more maneuvering involved, but you know, you got to try and uh, try and use all the tricks you can really when you're dealing with overwhelming superior firepower or superior force, right? Yeah. Um, it's just, just little tactics you want to be mindful of. Uh, sometimes you got to bait it out, you know, bait your tank out, give them something to shoot at so you can keep that tank back. Cause you know, you don't really want it pushing into your lines too much. 
if he just wants to sit back from afar, this is where it chimes into where Andy was saying, you know, concentrate on the objectives, concentrate on killing the opponent's objectives, um, takers, they're his troops, because it will go a long way. Oh, so definitely. there's there's always ways to deal with it. There is. And, uh, you know, having that threat of the tanks on the board, of course, in your mind, you're going to start, you know, first look at it and think, ah, shit, how am I going to deal with these? Right. But some people get tunnel visioned in that's their target. That's what they want to take out. So they concentrate their whole army on that tank. And the enemy's force gets to run rampant around the whole mission, right? So that's something to think about tactic-wise is like, if, you, if you're the guy with the tank and you see your opponent is actually doing that, he's trying to take out your tank with everything he possibly has, you know now that, okay, you know what? I got to use my units smart. I got to, I got to maneuver them, get them into some key positions, get them into cover and just start picking units off. Right. Cause your tank is literally tanking, you know, all the firepower. Right. Um, so that's one thing to look at too. And then of course, that's the other thing of, to remind yourself of not to really get stuck into that position. Right. You know, as, as having tanks, if you have two, well, <laughs> you could play both parts of the field in, in that manner. Um, but there's also, you know, when you are playing with armor, with tanks in your missions, um, and in the scenarios in the campaigns, it changes a lot of things, especially with theater selectors, because there are some theater selectors that'll give you a two for one, right? Like there's a German theater selector for the Stalingrad book. Um, I'm actually allowed to take two Stugs for the one army. So technically I can take two reinforced platoons and have like four tanks if I wanted to. You're not going to have very much infantry and it's, you know, I, I would never play that like that, but technically you could. Um, so, you know, you got to look at that. You got to look, there's going to be... In a lot of these scenarios and campaigns, there's a lot uh, of games in there that you're playing at higher point levels. Like there's some that's like 3,000 points. Yeah. That's a lot of units on the board, and that also means some big boy toys, right? So, yeah, I don't know. Kind of look through your tanks, you know, with your collection and... um just utilizing what they're equipped with for yep. the mission, right? Which no, it, it's... is great. You know, um, a lot of guys, Here's... a lot of guys might forget that, you know, as they're playing or new players are playing and they just, they don't kind of know what to do with a tank or against the tank, you know? So it's a good way of coaching them too. Yeah. So... And, and to, to kind of, you know, echo that point again. You don't need to take a tank. Yeah. In the game, it it's helpful for sure, but you don't need to take one. Um, especially myself, 
um, using the Sherman mostly as a MMG boat, essentially, I could easily get the same bang for my buck with more mobility if I took six Jeeps instead. Yeah, with with HM, with HMGs, right? Because they're thirty five points a piece, so now they're one hundred and fifteen for three, so two thirty for six of them, and I'm still cheaper than that Sherman is. And those those little jeeps will actually tear it up quite a bit because HMGs aren't slouches either. You can you can punch in some armor, um, but now there's six of those little buggers ripping around the table, and there's a lot more. Uh, going on and there's a lot more that the opponent has to look at so like if you don't bring a tank it's not the be all end all you're not in a bad spot um you're simply just choosing to spread your points elsewhere because you know on average i've played thousand points the most uh for my games and yeah that you know takes almost 300 points it's quite a investment it's essentially let's just call it 30 percent of my force that's a lot yeah that is a lot um so, you know, don't feel like you need to take a tank because uh, there are other options out there. And you'll notice that your army is probably a lot larger than your opponents, especially if they're taking more of the big boy armor. Um, and order dice are a thing. They definitely mm. contribute to your game. You know, so if you're rocking into a, a game with 13 order dice and the only guy's only got eight or nine, it's it's not it's not bad. It could be really good, so... And um, the other thing, too, is, you know, looking at tanks going against, you know, just, just playing with your regular guys, just playing at your local club, stuff like that, you know, um, trying out these tactics, trying out different things with your tanks, trying out different loadouts that each tank is has, of course. But when you start going to possible tournaments... Um, you know, and I'm not talking like narrative tournaments or anything. I'm talking like it's more of a competitive scene. Um, you're going to start seeing guys who have some, some interesting builds, uh, using tanks like these with multiple machine guns, right? Um, of course you'll still see the, the big cannons, the big heavy hitters too. Um, but you can definitely see guys who've really kind of tinkered their list and got it to a point where these are going to be super effective in their matches and possibly really decapitate their opponent, right? Uh, really take out a lot of their forces and almost in a sense, stun lock them in position where they can't move, right? So those, those little vehicles, those little tanks that have multiple machine guns like that, they've done their job. Right. And they'll probably do that every game in every round that they play, except for when like the opponent does it to them. So, um, you know, that's something to think about if you're going into that scene, right. Is, uh, is the bigger tank worth it for you? Or is that cheaper tank with that many machine guns or, flamethrower, whatever, auto cannons, you know, is that going to be your better choice? Because then you're going to have points elsewhere for, for playing around the mission. And, and, um, maybe you have some other anti-tank stuff like bazookas, like Bill said, Panzer Shreks, Panzer Fosts in veteran squads, 
flamethrowers and engineer squads or pioneer squads, you know, stuff like that, right? So definitely a lot to think about. Definitely a lot to try, right? Especially in a lot of these games. Um, then, of course, yeah, like you said before, it all all depends on terrain too. So, mm -hmm. which the beauty about the game is um, most guys, like, they'll build a theme to your table. We do it all the time. We do it every time we play, right? So um, sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's a city fight and it's hard to maneuver your tanks. So maybe that big hulking tank that you always want to tank maybe not doesn't fit quite in that fight, right? Yeah, damn that one forty six scale. Yeah, <laughs> or what one forty eight? I remember now one forty eight. Yeah, but yeah. but you you know what I'm talking about? Not so much the scale, but more of like you know you're you have an alleyway that your infantry can run through, but your tank is kind of messed up, right? Or if you're playing with special rules like the ruins where anytime your tanks go through it, you have to roll and you possibly could immobilize yourself and get stuck or even destroyed in, by a collapsing basement, right? So there's stuff like that because like, there's so many rules for, for bolt action that are extra if you're playing with that, especially in the scenarios you'll come across that, right? Um, so, but overall, like, a lot of good points, you know, Bill's uh, mentioned about how he kind of plays his tanks and then myself as well for, we have kind of two different styles, right? Um, more yeah. aggressive, more conservative, I guess. Um, and I've seen it across other players too. Uh, some guys are fairly aggressive. Some guys like the turtle. They'll sit back and they'll just unleash hell on you with their guns, even though it's like a huge tank that probably not get hurt in the battle um but it's also it's kind of also the synergy between your tank and the rest of your forces in your army right uh, like as bill said his synergy is he's just his army is very mobile right very mobile whereas you know my germans are more of okay let's kind of bunker down i don't have as many units as the opponent does because mine are more elite right i have more weapons equipped um so i kind of have to support my tank but i also kind of have to bunker down a little bit and use my tank in certain positions right try to come out at the last moment pivot on that spot of that corner of that building and get that shot because my opponent messed up his his movement and now he gave me a lot of sight kind of thing right so yeah it's one thing to think about um the other thing to think about too is like the um there are some generic missions there's one mission i can't remember what it's called but your units from reserves can come on any board edge um except for the last board edge that your opponent came from now this has happened to me in the past um fellow gamer and friend had a tiger on the board i came on a flank with my is2 because he came on from reserves i took my shot and i missed next turn he rolls for his reserve or not next turn but next draw he rolls for his reserve he 
he uh, rolls for his Panzer Shrek team. Comes in on another board edge. He's within 24 inches of my IS-2 in the rear. Lands the shot, takes out my IS-2. So, again, read the mission, check the mission out, know your options, and uh, don't mess up. <laughs> true, it's true. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for the episode. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good tank talk, a lot of good options. Um, you know, it's always good to have the bastards back on. You know, indeed. It, it, well, it's always good to jump on and talk about the. Uh, <laughs> The game experience as well. Um, I'm still very much, you know, new to the game and system, but it is, yep. it is a lot of fun. It offers a unique play style with the alternating um, activation, especially with the order dice. Sometimes, you know, you get kind of stumped where you, you know, five, six order dice, and you haven't pulled one of yours yet, but you know, once it happens, it's going to be great. Uh, so that's always kind of a a unique way, and it really makes that planning about okay you know what you got to risk it for the biscuit sometimes i'm praying to god i'm gonna pull that order dice it's gonna be me first because you know if it's not you're probably gonna miss out and uh, or get your tank blown off the board or whatever the case may be so it's uh it's definitely it's definitely cool but um we we definitely want to hear from all you listeners out there uh how do you run your tanks Are, are you finding tanks to be really effective on the table um you know uh we like connecting with you guys uh through comments on the various uh platforms that we're on uh definitely check out you know the socials that we're on it's uh it's nice um you know it's nice to hear from all the different players out there and uh you know checking out all the different pictures on instagram and everything it, it, it's really cool there's so much offered from this particular game because of the historical aspect of it. I think people can relate to it a lot more. And uh, what was that? Uh, what was that saying? Dan said, "If you're once you hit like 35, oh, yeah. you either smoke meat or you play World War II historical games." Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. So it's <laughs> you're gonna and do then, one of the two or both. Yeah, and then everybody kind of looks over at me and it's like, "Yeah, I'm 42, guys. I'm already playing bolt action." <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> It is. Uh, it's true, though. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's one of those. It's one of those things, right? Um, but it's great. And uh, just another point, just before we uh, take off, if you like what uh, you're listening to, you like what you're hearing, uh, definitely don't be um, shy. Give us a give us a like. You know, share the episode with your friends, and even give us a review on uh, the platform. Let us know what we're doing right, or if we're missing the mark on anything. It helps us improve the show. And we can continuously, you know, update and make things better. So uh, all the feedback is welcome, be it good or bad. It's just, it, it helps us make it better. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, couldn't have said it any better. Yeah. But yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining us, guys. And like I said, and Bill mentioned, hope you liked it. Yeah. And, um, you know, keep on uh, building, painting, and playing, you know, uh, doing all that jazz, showing your pictures. We love it on Instagram, so. Um, yeah, you know, hashtag, hashtag Trident Wargaming so we can check it out. That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> in closing, yeah, may uh, the order dice be in your favor and may your damage be exceptional. 
Okay, see you guys. Catch you next Later. time. Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it.